You have reached the Geek Elite. Good luck. The future comes, and now my watch begins. It shall not end until my death. I shall miss no game, withhold no news, report all rumors. I shall wear no jerseys and plead allegiance to no side. I shall live and die on my webpage. I am the word in the darkness. I am the watcher of the TV. I am the megaphone that informs the realms of geek. I pledge my hands and name to the Geek's Watch, for the Geeks and all the Geeks to come. Welcome back to another shift on the Geek's Watch. This week we're still talking about Amazon Prime Video's Carnival Row. We're on episode six, everyone. Jessica looks enthused. (laughs) (laughs) But with us is Jessica, John, and Elizabeth. Hey. All right. So um, we have a lot to talk about because I think it was a somewhat interesting episode. Uh, But let's get to some news first. First off is the fact that, what was it that I said? Oh, Apple. Apple TV. You know, they're going to have a streaming site, right? Right. So guess what? They want to be Oscar contenders too. So they're going to release all their original movies in the theaters before they go to their streaming platform. Good for them. Right? <laughs> I mean, we know that uh, Spielberg is going to be making a movie for him. So, and he already had that big tirade about how Netflix isn't real movies. Is this their way of like appeasing Spielberg <laughs> to keep him there? I guess. Yeah. Yeah. Possibly. I think it's just something to up the hype because they weren't getting the hype that they initially expected. So I think it's a fallback position to try and up some interest in getting the streaming service. Mm. I mean, to be fair, everything is getting a streaming service now. So really, yeah, but the see, hype is gone. <laughs> and I think the thing is, is that since every every big studio is getting their own streaming service, mm-hmm. they all have a backlog of things that they can also put on there other than original content. Apple yeah. doesn't have original content, mm-hmm. like other than what they're making now. Yeah. So there's not, I mean, you're going to go there to watch the first episode of the the morning show and then what are you going to do with the rest of the stuff? You can't go and watch past episodes of Laverne and Shirley or something, but... You, you kind of be like, okay. Well, I'm done with that streaming. I'm gonna go to the. I'm gonna go to. I'm gonna go to Netflix or something. So. So they do need to work harder to get that hype up. Exactly. You're gonna. They have to work harder to get people to come to their 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 channel, their platform. Are you? Is anybody excited for any of the stuff that they've seen so far? Because there's what the morning show. There's C with Jason Momoa. There was. They did a whole like um, uh, bunch of trailer drops this this week for their. Like more kids shows. There's Snoopy in Space. There's the new oh, yeah. Ghost Rider show. There's uh, the Helpersters. The Helpsters. Something like that. It's essentially just some kids oh, show. Oh, you mean Ghost Rider with a W, right? Yeah. Okay. Yes. Like, Ghost Writer. <laughs> yes. They're remaking PBS's Ghost Writer. Okay. So. Not excited at all. At all. About any of that stuff. All for, or for All Mankind is a space show like where there it's a bunch of women going in outer space like through nasa or something like that that sounds fun i kind of i do kind of like the sea with jason momoa it looks interesting Interesting. yeah (laughs) it's a different concept and i think like yeah but i still don't know if i'm like like it enough to want to buy into it and yet another streaming site you know which i would assume you have to have an apple tv like device to, to have to watch well we were talking about that, well, that would really a while ago it was like is it going to be yeah. through apple's tv only or is it going to be like a downloadable thing an app that you can have so you can watch it like on i mean i'm assuming you're only going to be able to access it through apple devices regardless so you could probably stream it onto your phone your computer or your apple tv see i think that'd be dumb yeah, that, like, yeah. that's limiting your audience but like, that's also them driving people to their product yeah. which is the thing that apple does well guess what apple I don't like you. <laughs> yeah, 
I don't like them either. I mean, it is a cult, so. It makes sense. <laughs> yeah. Apple products and Instapots. <laughs> uh, yeah. If you, I would assume, I would assume that all your Apple devices will already have the app on there, like preloaded. But I would, it would be a detriment to them to not be allowed it to be downloaded on Google Play or Samsung smart TVs. It seems unlikely that they would cross play like that. That's not the Apple way. That's true. I think maybe if they do it, but like you have to pay $2 extra a month or something like That's that. That's a possibility. Like, or it's a slower stream. Or... Yeah. Ooh, that's scary. That's... <laughs> Oh, yeah, we don't have net neutrality anymore, so, yeah, they can do whatever they want. Correct. Okay, well, there you go. Uh, let's talk about some movie stuff, though. Yeah. <laughs> Sam Raimi at New York Comic Con this past week and um, mentioned that, hey, he's going to be making a new uh, Evil Dead movie. Once again... Excitement increasing. Okay, don't, don't get too excited because he's not going to direct it. Excitement decreasing. And Bruce Campbell's only going to be an executive producer. And I'm out. <laughs> so just like the 2013 Evil Dead, directed by Fide Alvarez, um, it, it, we're going to have a new director. I don't even think we're going to be continuing that story, which had, uh, oh, what's the redhead's name? Jane Levy as the uh, protagonist? Yeah, hero no, character. But she wasn't until the spoilers for anybody who hadn't watched it yet. She doesn't <laughs> she's the one that's possessed throughout the movie and then at the end she's the one that becomes the new Ash. Yeah. So well, she's not really the hero. Her brother is. Well, she's the survivor. She's the survivor. Yeah. She's the, la- the she's the final girl in a yeah. horror movie. Yeah, there you go. So, I don't know. I don't think it's going to continue that mo- that that version of the movie either. So yeah, I don't know. Like, uh, if this was a continuation of the Sam Raimi series, uh, which I guess left off either after, depending on how you look at it, um, I don't think Army of Darkness is technically canon. If you consider Ash versus the Evil Dead, I think they really skipped it. I think. Hmm. Yeah, if I I'm did not, not mistaken, know I didn't. I haven't watched Ash versus the Evil Dead, so I didn't. I, I mean. Army of the Darkness was the first one I watched. Yeah, me too. And I was like, dude, this is awesome. There's two other movies, and then I saw the other two. And They're like, nothing like it. <laughs> yeah, I was like, what? Well, the other two are the exact same movie. Yeah, well... The just first with one, more money. Yeah, the first one is just like, okay, this is what we're going for. The second one was, okay, now we're going to do the first one for real, <laughs> and do like an extra 20 minutes at the end to tell it properly. And then so, the third one is, and then hey, the we're going to go into medieval just times. completely like different. Yeah, yeah, like not even the same genre at that point so are you telling me the two of you have not seen the evil dead movies i know of the evil dead movies but i have not i think i've seen a little bit of it flipping channels but it was like in the middle had no idea what was going on and went okay try again next time and just have not picked it up again if you've seen cabin in the woods you've got a pretty good idea of evil dead no (laughs) i wouldn't say that i mean you could definitely see influences of evil dead in cabin in the woods but that's the whole point of cabin in the woods yeah exactly (laughs) I think if you've seen Zombieland, you have a more of a feel what of Evil Dead is. Okay. Evil Dead's more more gory. So I'm still completely in the dark. Yes, <laughs> yes, yes, you are. We'll watch Army of Darkness. Don't worry. Oh, oh joy! <laughs> that one's the fun one. Though. It's the fun one. It yeah. really isn't even scary. Okay. Sure thing. So John is out on Evil Dead remake, reboot, yep. sequel, continuation. Denied. Reimagination, whatever it's going to be. I'm canceling you, Evil Dead. <laughs> I mean, it's just weird because so many people, especially fans of that series, love that the the TV series that came out on Stars, the Ash versus the Evil Dead. I didn't watch it, but people were upset that it got canceled. So why not continue continue with that? I know Bruce Campbell said he's done. He doesn't want to be in that series anymore. Yeah, he's pretty old now. He, okay, fair. <laughs> <laughs> And I mean, that's kind of like the height of his career, too, is like Evil Dead stuff. You know, he's had some cameo roles and some things, but... He was in Burn Notice. He was second lead male star. Never watched a single episode How dare you? (laughs) (laughs) No, you're right. I mean, there's Bubba Hotep. That was kind of cool, but I mean, 
who saw that movie? I saw that movie. I did too. <laughs> it's not one that people are like, oh, let me get that one. What movie? Yeah. Bubba Hotep? Bubba Hotep. All right. So, a quick synopsis of Bubba Hotep. I want to hear this quick synopsis. Because the, the premise is pretty nuts. Um, so, and Evil Dead isn't pretty nuts. Well, I mean, but that has a supernatural element to it. This is just like, what? Okay. <laughs> well, yeah, because this has two. Yeah. <laughs> okay. So. Uh, you have an old man in a re- like retirement home who claims to be Elvis Presley. Okay. He switched places with the real Elvis. No, he is the real Elvis. Oh, he is the real Elvis. He switched places with the decoy. That the government the, put in. Yes, and the decoy died, but he like <clears throat> had to keep his mouth shut for whatever the reason was. He was just tired of it, I guess. No, I... I- it was something. I forgot what it yeah. was, the reason why. So now he says he's Elvis and nobody believes him because he's old and senile. <laughs> There's a black guy that also lives there who says he's the real John F. Kennedy. Because the, what? Gu- what? Because <laughs> the FBI put his John F. Kennedy's brain into this guy's body. Yes. Oh. They, they transplanted him to save his life. But no one believes, believes him. him. And um, there is an actual mummy that comes to life at this old person's home. Because it's being transported from one museum what? to the next and then it falls out of the, the truck because the truck like becomes a or it gets in a car accident mm-hmm. and then it to revive itself it it uh sucks the life force out of a uh, out of a redneck okay so that's why he's a bubba hotep <laughs> and that's, okay well and, I, and that's the movie in a nutshell so i'm very I intrigued <laughs> old elvis and and black jfk have to defeat the mummy very intrigued redneck mummy I can see why John likes the movie. (laughs) (laughs) I really want to say this. I think I have it, so we could definitely watch it. (laughs) You also need to show them uh, uh, Tucker and Dale versus Evil. Oh, yeah, that's just a good movie, though. Yeah. Yeah. But I mean, it's kind of along the lines of like a horror movie inverted what? with humor. <laughs> yeah, it's definitely. I mean, it's it, like, it's exactly. right up there with Cabin in the Woods for me. It's like it takes yeah. all the slasher film tropes and it's like, hey, let's let's mess with that stuff. Yeah. But with good writing, too. That's the yeah, key. It's, it's like it's actually writing. clever and interesting. Mm-hmm. Uh, okay. We'll, we'll put that on the list. <laughs> <laughs> this list is now a mile long. So, you know that <laughs> Uncharted movie that Sony's been trying to make for like the last eight years, I think? Uh, yep. So long that the first lead is now too old to do it? Well, I think, well, <laughs> I think he's actually the appropriate age. <laughs> uh, but yes, Tom Holland is supposed to be playing Nathan Drake in the movie. And uh, they've gone through, I want to say, five directors now. Well, they're on their fifth one. Look Travis those, Knight. Look at those crow's feet in that picture, though. Like, man. I mean, he's... the dude just likes to smile. Yeah. <laughs> Don't worry. He'll be getting plastic surgery soon enough. That's just oh. world weariness now. <laughs> leave him alone. <laughs> you leave Tom Holland alone. Uh, yes, Travis Knight, who directed Bumblebee, um, is going to be making the new Uncharted movie at this point. See, well, that, that's the first ray of hope I've heard about this. Because you like Bumblebee. Yeah, it's, it's a pretty well-directed movie. Did you see the Nathan Fillion made fan film of Uncharted? Because everybody really wanted Nathan Fillion to be I've only seen Nathan him Drake. dressed up in the part. And oh. just based on that, I'm like sold. <laughs> so I was like, that's, that's who should have done it. I mean, that he should have been the one like 15 years ago. It's true. He's, <laughs> he's a little aged out. But... Um, Travis Knight, yeah, Bumblebee. I don't know what was the other things that he'd made. Uh, it doesn't matter. Oh, Kubo. He directed Kubo and the oh, Two yeah. Strings. Oh, I really like that. Yeah. So you didn't see that one either. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I think that with his CGI and animation, you know, resume at this point, mm-hmm. I could see them doing Uncharted well. I just don't know how well that story is going to translate to t- to the screen from a video game, which is the big problem we usually have with video game movies. Yeah. You have a lot of story in video games that needs to be mm-hmm. melted down to two hours, and mm-hmm. it usually doesn't work, especially for people who like the video game. Or in the opposite context, you have a very simple story that you then overload with ridiculousness, and you get something like Super Mario Brothers. This is also <laughs> true. Yeah. <laughs> That was pretty bad. <laughs> However, you know, if uh, I know Elizabeth and I went and saw Hide and Seek, or no, what was it called? Was it called Hide and Seek? Yeah. Ready or Hide Not? S- Ready or Not, Ready thank or you. Not. But Which is based off, of, it's Hide, to see, Hide and Seek the movie. And that was really good. Oh. With murder? Yes. Yeah. Uh-huh. 
I mean, isn't you that know what, what was you... a good movie? Gotcha. With Anthony Edwards? Yes. Back in the 80s? I, I love that movie. <laughs> it's so 80s. It's very 80s. It's very 80s Cold War movie. Yes. <laughs> uh, okay. Well, I'm learning Russian, so I feel like that's really uh, hitting me right now. All that... Uh, you know, Why are you selling secrets to Red Putin or something? Well, I'm hoping that can get hired by the Trump cabinet if they're still in power. <laughs> oh, oh, okay. <laughs> uh, all right. Well, is any, does that make anybody more excited to see uh, a Uncharted movie now that Travis Knight is attached? Nothing from no. Jessica. No. Nothing. Nothing no. from John. Nothing no. from Elizabeth. No. Nothing from me. So I'll see. maybe I'll try to play one of the games and see. I, you know, I've never played the games, but I went and watched the cutscenes from, like, the, as a movie on YouTube. Like, oh, yeah? It's and you need to good still finish Old Republic before you play another game. Okay. That's <laughs> going to take me, like, three years at this rate. <laughs> so, uh, Marvel. It came out that Marvel Studios is trying to, uh, or is putting a casting call out for Moon Knight at the moment, and their casting call calls for a... Jewish male of Israeli descent that is a Zac Efron type, which is, it seems very you know, narrow. They're, they're, <laughs> they're, missing, like, they're missing a perfect opportunity to cast uh, Shyamalan. Aye. M. Night Shyamalan himself? Yeah, because maybe the M stands for moon already. Oh, He's already like okay. two thirds of the way there. Moon Knight <laughs> He actually there. is Moon Knight, and that's the twist. Oh. <laughs> what a twist. <laughs> That's why they can't cast it. Oh, it's too obvious. I would give it away. <laughs> Holy shit, superheroes are real. <laughs> Unbreakable was a documentary. So, so <laughs> wow. what, is, uh, what does everybody know about the character of Moon Knight from Marvel? I mean, we know that we're going to be getting a Disney Plus TV show for him. But uh, the character itself, most of the time I- it's described as Marvel's Batman. But I would say that's... I'll, that's a disservice to Moon Knight. Yeah. Well, yeah. What I got was he has like martial arts type superpowers and he gets stronger with the phases of the moon. Originally, yes. So in the phases of the moon is when the, his different powers would manifest and he would get stronger and stuff like that. He is an ex-soldier who, while uh, on the battlefield in Desert Storm, I want to say, somewhere around there. Hmm. Maybe, maybe now it's Iraqi freedom, but... He falls into a temple that was hidden, the temple for Kushnu, Kunshu. I don't know how you say it. However you say that the Egyptian god, Kushnu. 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 Yeah. Uh, He becomes the living avatar for the god. Okay. And and he gets powers from him. So I don't think they no longer do the whole phases of the moon thing. But since Kushnu is the moon god of Egyptian... Uh, mythology yeah. or yeah. ancient religion. That's why he's the Moon Knight. So, it but he like, also the thing. The thing. The special thing about him is that he suffers from dissociative uh, identity disorder. So he has three personalities as is. Now you add in a god talking to him, and it 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 fractures him even more. Ooh, <laughs> that's fun. Um, that's I like it. It's got things I like. <laughs> Soldiers. Mythology, craziness. <laughs> like, I like it. I'm all for it. So I don't understand the Zac Efron part. Yeah. If it's just you need someone that's I, muscly and yeah, I assume muscly beautiful. and good look. Yeah, that's what they're like. They're looking for somebody you, that's you need pretty, a specimen of but like strong. Maybe, maybe they're going for a dancer singer. No, they're going to turn it into a musical. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, Zac Efron started off in High School Musical and then, yeah, you know, did yep. a great job in great, The Greatest Showman, so. Yeah. So they're going to turn it into a superhero musical. No, Have you no. seen a superhero musical yet? No. no. And no. thus, Marvel Studios is no. inventive I think, or innovative. Oh, maybe it's like they really want to cast Zac Efron, but he doesn't have the same background as the original character. There you go. And they're too scared to cast Zac Efron <laughs> and get yelled at. Like, I think that's what it might be. That could definitely be it. Yeah. I mean, don't don't they say like a lot of people can trace their heritage back to Israel? Well, 
Yes. So maybe if you go far enough back in Zac Efron's history. If you go back far enough, we're all descendants of Adam and Eve. So really, I mean. There you go. We're all the same. Yeah. And, you know, a lot of people have, was it Till the Hun in them? Or, oh, yeah, that's or was it Genghis the other? Khan. Genghis, Genghis Khan. Khan. That's right. We're basically yeah. all really. We're all Genghis Khan. <laughs> Genghis Khan. So then, uh, and then if he just converts to Judaism, then thus they got it all. <laughs> there we go. <laughs> Get some Kabbalah beads. That's not how this works. I'm sure, I'm sure that'll work that's not with how this most works? of the internet. That's not how this works. Oh, okay. <laughs> uh, well, I, I'm excited for whatever they, it is they do. We'll see. So you're saying that this version of Moon Knight's not going to have the phases of the moon powers? I don't know if that's... I mean, the current iteration of him in the comics doesn't do that anymore. Oh. The show might go back to it because they like to do that in the shows. However, it's also interesting is that Marvel Entertainment TV is no longer going to be a section of Marvel Entertainment, except for animated. So Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D., um, Runaways, Cloak and Dagger, all these shows, all the shows that were on Netflix, those were all made by Marvel Entertainment TV, which was headed by Jeff Loeb. Now that Marvel Studios is going to be making these shows for Disney Plus, they are moving T- Inter- Marvel Entertainment TV away from making live action stuff and only making animated stuff. So the new stuff that's going to be coming on Hulu, the ones that are like the one that was by. Kevin Smith, the Howard the Duck show, mm-hmm. the Offenders, um, the Modoc show, all that is going to be handled by Marvel Entertainment, Entertainment TV animation, I assume. So it's it's interesting because that's a, that's a whole studio that's going away. Yeah, but if they're all under the same umbrella, then maybe now we can have some of that more cross synergy. True. Yeah. Yeah, because there was never any on Agents of Shield, really. Yeah, or the Netflix ones. Well, yeah, there definitely wasn't any on the Netflix Well, ones. with themselves, yeah, but not with the movies. Right, you know? exactly. Uh, Eddie Murphy, you know he's making uh, Coming to America 2. Mm-hmm. Well, he's also going to make Beverly Hills Cop 4. And this is all part of an interview that he did with uh, Collider TV that he said, essentially what he's doing is he's making a book into his career. He, he wants to make, he, he wanted to make Coming to America 2. He wanted to make uh, Beverly Hills Cop 4 and then finally Golden Child 2 I don't know if he's going to do Golden Child 2 and Steven's probably just crying yeah. right now uh, but he wants to do or he's going to be doing hosting Saturday Night Live in December and then he's going to go do stand up again so that's going to be the, the bookends to his career and he said that you know if something comes up where you know it's something great then and a director is attached and it's good writing and stuff he'll, come, he'll, he'll do it but more than likely this is he'll just go do stand up from from there on out like he okay. just doesn't want to he it's it's i guess it's more closing a ca- chapter yeah. kind yeah. of thing so how does everybody feel about that i mean i i'm excited for a, the possibility of a Beverly Hills Cop 4 even though Beverly Hills Cop 3 was not great hey it had George Lucas in it <laughs> <laughs> and how could you not love it right anything he touches turns to gold everything he touches yep. how's that Howard the Duck movie doing for you I like it you do not I love you Howard are a liar <laughs> no one likes that movie I, do, I think it's great I unironically love Howard the Duck how did we not do that one for our unknown Marvel Cinematic Universe that's true that was Ooh. the first Marvel movie Technically, yes. Yeah. Oh, a cinematic movie. <laughs> yes. I mean, we always still can. That could be part of the Sacco Bowl, too. Ooh. That's, you're, <laughs> you're crossing podcasts now. <laughs> um, yes. So, I, I I am excited for the possibility of a, of a Beverly Hills Cop 4. I would love to see him do other movies. I want to see Metro 2, whatever that would be. But <laughs> Vampire in Brooklyn 2. <laughs> but uh, I... Oh, could you imagine him and Nick Nolte getting back to another for like a third 48 hours? The last 48 hours. The last 48 <laughs> hours. I like that. They're just on like life support. <laughs> they have to break out of a nursing home or something. Uh, okay. Uh, but yes. Would you, are you interested in seeing a, a Beverly Hills Cop 4? Did, you've never seen a Beverly Hills Cop I've movie. I've never seen a Beverly Hills Cop movie. <laughs> the idea is a yeah. Detroit cop, inner city Detroit cop, goes to Beverly Hills where things are so different, but he uses his inner city ways to solve the, mm-hmm. the murder. So he's uh, like a yeah. he's like an inner city MacGyver. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. 
He's like, I, okay. Yeah, he, he's like, oh, I wasn't always a cop, meaning that he had been a criminal at some mm-hmm. point in his life, and he knows how to do things that criminals know how to do. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Like stick a banana in tailpipes. Tail <laughs> <laughs> okay, well, there you go. Eddie Murphy is trying to have a renaissance on his earlier movies. Resurgence. All Resurgence, that works. I love Eddie Murphy. More casting. The Batman. We talked about Jeffrey Wright and Jonah Hill. Uh, yeah. Attached to the, the Batman. Well, expect... They, uh, Forbes is reporting that you should expect more casting for villains. Coming up here in the real near future, probably now that Joker's out, that we'll see that. Um, but the more important thing is that they are saying that the that Batgirl is going to be going forward here pretty soon, more than likely before the Nightwing movie that already had, um, uh, not Adam McKay, but the other McKay attached as director. And he, uh, the Batgirl will more than likely tie in to the Batman, which John pointed out means... I don't want to say it. That Batgirl, Barbara Gordon, will probably be African-American or black because she doesn't have to be American. She could be British American or African British American, <laughs> whatever. British, <laughs> just, just. and uh, because Commissioner Gordon is played by played by Jeffrey Wright. Yes, yes. yes. So that opens up the possibility of actresses. Yeah, I mean, quite a bit. It's just, or if they could do the whole this is its own movie, self-contained, and not even be related to the Batman. That's true. But so. I, I, the the report is that it it will that, be that it looks like it's going to be okay. Not not saying that it is. They say that it looks like it's going to be. Well, I don't know. Which makes sense to me because yeah. you're doing a Batman yeah. movie. You don't want to. You want to. I know they're DC's all about. We're not making universes anymore. Nothing's going to be connected. No. But Batman movies are connected. I I bet you money. <laughs> <laughs> That we're going to watch the Matt Reeves Batman movie and it's going to be at Arkham Asylum and Joaquin Phoenix is going to be in one of those cells. I I almost feel it in my bones. Oh, <laughs> you're so happy for that. I am too. not happy for that. <laughs> well, I mean, it was such a good movie. So it was like, not a good be... movie. <laughs> oh, it's like Mitch versus the entire internet right now. <laughs> it really is. <laughs> well, obviously, everyone else is wrong. No, I've said many times on my internet, on my social medias, that more people like it and that they are probably right because yeah. there are much more smarter people out well, there. Well, now, now, wait a minute. If it wasn't the Joker... Would it is still it a, a good, good movie? movie? Not if Joaquin Phoenix still does the same performance that he 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 does in this. Like if you take away the idea that it's the Joker, mm-hmm. I still feel like he's he's you can see him acting. Oh, which is bad. Well, see, that's weird for Joaquin Phoenix, though. And I disagree because he's a pretty good like method actor. And I think that that one that's why it, it didn't work out well. Because how do you get into that method? for the joker or this type of mental illness that he's trying to portray that'd be pretty hard yeah i mean obviously i mean look at what happened to heath ledger heath ledger jack nicholson said that he had problems yeah Cesar romero is the only one that didn't have problems he's just like i left that shit on the stage <laughs> <laughs> well, he barely even tried he didn't even shave off his he mustache his, <laughs> but you know what people love that joker so <laughs> yeah. that was my joker growing there up. you go yeah. i think you could pull off a Cesar romero Joker. Ooh. Ooh. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> oh, <okay. laughs> He's now seriously <laughs> contemplating this. I like it. There you go. Oh, uh, I mean, looking at Joaquin Phoenix's physique in the movie, I think I could pull off that look too, just by <laughs> virtue of the fact that my ribs already stick out like super high. So. I mean, <laughs> I feel like that's just Joker though. Like you look at the Joker in the comic book, he is really skinny. Yeah. And, but no. being dropped in a vat of acid, I assume that's a side effect. Yeah, well, this is big true. Malnourishment there. <laughs> the See, malnourishment. I also, but I take the opposite stance with you on the whole remove the Joker from the story. I think it would actually be even better if it had absolutely no ties to the Joker and it was just its own thing. Uh, it's just a story of a guy that you know breaks. Well, and see, and that's what I wasn't. I, I I didn't want to get into it too much, <laughs> but so it's gonna we're happen. Never gonna get. <laughs> <laughs> I feel like I honestly feel like. Todd Phillips went in there to Warner Brothers and says, I have this movie for, you know, the idea of this man who's unstable, mentally unstable already, and then things just go wrong for him, and, mm-hmm. you know, he ends up killing a bunch of people. And, and Warner Brothers is like, well, we're trying to focus on 
comic book movies right now. And he racked his brain. He's like, well, I can make it about the Joker. And they're like, yes. And he just threw in the stuff afterwards. Because the Thomas Wayne stuff, the Wayne family stuff, really, to me, felt like an afterthought. Yeah. Like, most of that stuff does not fit in the movie. It seemed really awkward, yeah. And then... That's right. You haven't seen it yet? I have not seen it yet. Oh, my God. I'm sorry. I know. I'm sorry that if we're... the Wayne It's okay. It's, yeah. I wasn't, like, looking forward to it, but now I feel like I need to see it. <laughs> oh, yeah. Because I'm should. really surprised with your Joaquin Phoenix comment. Yeah. So... I And I think... Uh, yeah. I, I Like, the parts where... The condition that he says he has for laughing, like, I really feel like it's it's so forced that it doesn't look yeah. natural. And it this is where I want to see it with... You know, I have a bachelor's in psychology, so I'm really curious how they're handling mental illness turning into like just a serial killer. Like that to me is like, I don't feel like it should happen. But then at the same time, like, well, I guess the only way that it should happen in a movie form is if it's using a fictional character like the Joker. That's fair. I just. But then it looked way too realistic to me too (laughs) in the trailers. And I was like, I don't know if i approve of showcasing how mental illness can be turned like you know that was actually just, a lot of the problems i had with the movie yeah. there's there's um i mean i don't know if this would be considered a spoiler or not it's more just like a character thing that i noticed he did and i mean there's a lot of things in here that are not subtle it's very kind of <laughs> no, this movie is not subtle at but all <laughs> i really love the, the there's just a character moment where you know when he's watching the other comedian uh-huh and he laughs at the setup. Yes, but he, he doesn't, doesn't know what parts to yeah. laugh at, and and he's completely quiet during the punchlines. And I'm like, this is very obvious. But I love that the way that he portrayed that. It's just so awkward, and and uncomfortable. And I was like, that that, that does it for me. I, I feel like that's kind of sells me on the character. And like bit. I said, I know more people are gonna like this movie than not like it, and I'm in the minority, and I'm. I'm more than likely wrong. I just did not care for it. Well, I mean, they're out there kind of shitting on something that you love, so maybe that's why. <laughs> I mean, I don't even love the character of the Joker. I don't even think that, I mean, he's not my favorite Batman villain. He's not a character I really care for when it comes to DC stories, but... but maybe you're looking ahead and how this is setting a president, like, oh, now we're going to do super gritty takes on characters, and yeah. Yeah. eventually they'll come across one that you do love and be like, oh my I God. I guess my biggest problem is the the idea that when people want to come talk to me about like Joker, the Joker and stuff like that, like in DC comics and they're gonna be like, well, what about the part when, you know, his mom died? Aren't you, aren't, isn't that the reason why he shouldn't be hit by Batman? Batman shouldn't be punching him. I'm going to be like, well, that didn't happen in the comics. Like, (laughs) I don't want that to be the precedent for what people think the storyline is until it is. And this is a whole nother conversation too, but there's so many different versions of stuff in the comics. I mean, is there one that stands above all that is like held as the one that cannot be changed? For Joker or for just comics in just general? Just in comics in general. Because I mean, like DC is famous well, for just rebooting their universe every like 15, 20 years. No, you're right. But Superman's always going to be raised by the Kents, or at least should be raised by the Kents. Mm. He's going to be from Krypton. Batman's always going to have his parents die. Yeah. Yeah, those are the broad strokes, but then there's like the little minutiae of it that, you know, they do allow them to play around with. And then some people are always going to be like, well, no, I like this version of like the pajamas he wore when he was eight as opposed to like this other version. Well, see, but you could also go with the end of the the Spider-Verse movie. Right. I mean, all those Spider-Mans completely different. They all lost somebody in their family. Mm -hmm. So. Yeah. And that's how I treat the Joker movie. It's like an Elseworlds. But wait, wait. I didn't want to bring this up, but what was the movie we watched last night? <laughs> oh, no. Was, yeah. What movie was that? That was a bad movie. But see, <laughs> that one of the biggest things that you were complaining about the whole time we watched Dragon Ball Evolution is that it changed so much from the from the source material. Yeah. Well, it, that being the case, though, you can change the source material till it's completely unrecognizable and still make something good. This was bad in every sense of the word, <laughs> from the casting to the acting to the writing to the directing to the locations. I mean, this like... <laughs> The continuity, the editing, like there's name one good thing about the movie other than the fact that it drove us all to be together and just make fun of it. I would say that I, I still, I would say that Jamie Chung was still a, a, a good addition to that movie. Because well, she's cute. That's it. I think she's actually a good martial artist and a, a decent actress. That wasn't displayed in this movie though. 
I mean, it, you saw, I saw the, the that behind the scenes footage that Danny or, a, a, Andy showed us. I, you saw her practicing. Yeah. And I also saw the two guys but that did the choreography. Yes, but see, awful. there's a difference between Justin Chatwin when he's per- performing his moves, who obviously hadn't had any martial arts training, like the stiffness and stuff like that. Whereas Jamie Chung, who has martial arts training, you can tell that she knows how to move in that that way. So you found the one sprinkle in the dog church. I'm not saying it was a good movie. <laughs> I'm saying that you're you're splitting hairs between Joker not staying, you know, uh, faithful to the source material and Dragon Ball not staying faithful to the source material. The, yeah, he's saying the difference is the Joker was a good movie. And I'm saying it least. wasn't. <laughs> <laughs> okay. <laughs> we can go round and round on this. Speaking of the Joker... There was oh, a, God. a trailer drop for uh, Birds of Prey, finally. An actual trailer. Ooh. We, we got to see what this movie is about, kind of? <laughs> Question mark? Kind of? Question mark? Because most of the, the this first trailer, actual trailer, is uh, Harley Quinn talking and mm-hmm. just essentially talking about how she and the Joker have broken up. She's done with him and uh, she's living her own life. It seems like her own living her own life has now intersected with the Black Mask, played by Ewan McGregor, and mm-hmm. uh, the other s- birds of prey, um, Huntress and Black Canary. And then uh, at some point, young Batgirl Cassandra Kane shows up. Oh, is that, that who was showing up? Because I'm watching it and like, who are these people? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, that, I can't tell. The, the, I know Harley Quinn. <laughs> Show me the other people. See, now this one, this the, the one problem I really had with this trailer was Cassandra Cain. Um, the little girl in the movie is supposed to be, at least that's what we're told, is she's supposed to be Cassandra Cain. You're doing a disservice to her character in the comics because you're changing her completely to the fact that she no longer is a little girl that's been trained from birth to fight. Like okay. she in this, she has sassy dialogue and she's throwing you know dynamite out the window because Harley Quinn tells her to, and she's been kidnapped by you and McGregor's people or by Black Mass people. Mm-hmm. Like it's it's you're just using her name. It has absolutely nothing to do with the character. So they're changing an origin story. Exactly. I, I think that's not. I mean, for a very strong independent character in the comic books, you're just making her a foil. Okay. Or a MacGuffin. What did everybody else think of the trailer, though? No. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I want to be excited for it because, like, girl power. But at the same time, like, I've I've been betrayed before <laughs> by, like, oh, what was it? Sucker Punch, I think. Sucker Punch. I was so excited for that. What and about then, Widows? Did you see that? No, I haven't seen those those yet. I do need to see some of the good. But I'm just. But it's more like within like superhero. Oh, okay. I've been very. Uh, well, there's Wonder Woman, Captain Marvel, there's Atomic Blonde. Yeah, but those Lucy. aren't like my favorites. Ah, okay. Like, I like I like the more like when it comes to female heroes, like the more not popular ones. Like okay. my favorite female superhero from justice league was hawk girl nice over wonder woman so i like power girl sure you do yeah well <laughs> for certain reasons yeah <laughs> <laughs> two certain reasons got yeah. it no i think you just like the outfit <laughs> uh elizabeth you didn't watch the trailer that's I didn't right watch the trailer what did you think from what we're just describing i think i'm probably with jessica it <laughs> Particularly female team uh-huh. movies, groups of females. Yeah. Hollywood doesn't know how to portray that women do have their own individual mm-hmm. personalities and that they don't just fit one of like four <laughs> stereotypes. Yeah. What? Well, I would say that that's been true in the past because most of the time it's a male writer and a male director. But this time we have a female writer and a female director. Okay. So maybe our hopes won't be dashed. They might not be dashed. I feel like I do need one more trailer. Because like I said, like I know Harley Quinn. Like I don't need Harley Quinn in this trailer. Mm -hmm. I need to know more about the other female characters in order to get me like, oh, yay. After this trailer dropped, they did drop um, posters for all the other characters. Mm -hmm. So I think your second trailer is going to be about the other characters. Okay. You're going to find out more about Black Canary, more about uh, Huntress and more about 
Cassandra Kane. Yeah. Oh, like, and Rosie Perez. I forget Rosie Perez is in this movie as Detective Montoya, which. Yeah, that was the one character that threw me off. Like, I know Black Canary. Like, I know her from mm-hmm. DC Universe, and I kind of know Huntress, but I was like, who's the detective lady? Yeah. <laughs> she's a detective from Batman, and she's like one of the like hardest, toughest nails like t- detectives out there. And in the trailer, they just show her like panicking and screaming. And, yeah, like, and running losing. around. Yeah. Like, who is this lady? She was in the animated series, wasn't she? Yeah, she was. Yeah. Yeah. I remember, she's, remember that. Yeah. So. She eventually becomes a superhero. She becomes the question in the DC Comics. Oh, the Ooh. new question? Cool. Yeah, so. That's cool. Uh, one of the other things, though, there is a scene where uh, all you hear is the dialogue of Harley Quinn. She's like, "People, the people of Gotham shouldn't be afraid of you. They shouldn't even be afraid of Mr. J. They should be afraid of me, kind of thing. And you're supposed to, I think you're supposed to believe that she's talking to Black Mask in that, like, because he's the one who's trying to take over as the new crime boss in the movie. Yeah. I honestly think that she's talking to a Batman. I would go with Batman, too, yeah. actually. I think that's going to be your big surprise is that you're going to find out a Batman shows up in this movie. Is it going to be Ben Affleck? More than likely not. Is it going to be a... Is it going to be his version of his suit? Maybe. Because that she exists in the Suicide Squad, which exists in the Bat- Ben Affleck version of Batman. So it would it'd probably just be a stunt double in a the Batman outfit. Suit. In yeah. a Batman suit. Not talking. Yeah. Just like they did with Superman in... Shazam. <laughs> <laughs> That's what they do. They, sh- they should do that from now on in all of these DC movies. It's just not show the face. Yeah. Just have all the, the major heroes. You know people. who it is. Yeah. <laughs> I think like at this point, Gail Gadot is, is the selling point for Wonder Woman and Jason Momo is definitely the selling point for Aquaman. That's how that yeah. movie made over a billion dollars. And we still have Ezra Miller to look forward to in Flash. Yeah, that movie is still being made, supposedly. <laughs> so, all right. That's uh, everything we have to say about news this week. Let's get into Carnival Row, episode six, Unaccompanied Faye, which uh, pertains directly <laughs> to the fact that a uh, museum in the Berg has the complete library of Timuron? Tamarack, someone like Tamarack? Timurak? Uh, that's Tanak. what they call it. Tanak? Tiranak? It's tre- Treasures of Tiranak. Tiranak. Yeah. Was the title yeah. of the exhibit. So it was the library that we saw in the flashback episode where that um, vignette was in charge of taking care of. Good job, vignette. <laughs> I mean, she did drop the, the, the stone walls. I honestly want to know is how they went and av- excavated all that stuff. How, how did they know to, to excavate it? it. Yeah. That's true, too. That was my thing. I was like, well, Especially since that was, supposed to be, that was supposed to be stuff that, that was a land that was taken over by the pact. But they did mention that it was recovered eventually. Yeah. Oh, okay. And I, I think... Part of why Vignette explodes is she's convinced Philo who told them about it. And that's what I thought too. Because that's why she kind of flashes back to Philo in her conversations with Philo. You're like, she thinks it's Philo because he was the only human that knew about that library. But she knows he's not human. Well, the only outsider. outsider. Yeah, but he's the only, sorry, outsider. Yeah. But I I mean, to me, that seems like a, a huge jump in logic. Even on her there part, there's a lot of that in this episode. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. But I would say that bit. I would say that since he is the one that, who has recently betrayed her in the fact that he's not dead, yeah, so that would be the reason why you make that jump in logic. Yeah, and to see your culture being gawked at and, and sort of be denied access. Yeah. Yes, that, and that was that's a, a big part thing, too. Like, oh no, Pixes can't go in here, and yeah. you're like, really? That's not. It's not nice. That's not nice. I get being mad. <laughs> so she's being arrested after, yeah. you know, yep. scaring some um, people coming to look at the museum. Some bourgeoisie. Some yeah. bourgeoisie. And at the end of it, the end of the episode, jumping to the end, Philo is also arrested for being half... <laughs> Half Faye. Oh well, uh, I guess he's, he's arrested on charges of murder. Of suspected yeah, of murder, yes. Like, just arrested, but it's because he's half Faye. Like, yeah. Um. So they're both going to be in jail at the same time. He can't help her get out. Where is that going to leave us for episode seven? And no, this is seven. Well, no, this is six. This is six. So, so this seven and eight. Quite clearly, we're going to have a jailbreak. Yes. And the Dark Asher is probably going to be involved. Yeah. Speaking of the Dark Asher. 
it showed up somewhat in a flash forward, a premonition by the witch lady. Does uh, it look kind of like a Cthulhu? It does because yeah. it definitely had some squid on <laughs> I it. I was like, is octopus. that a Cthulhu I'm looking at right now? But I mean, they could have easily just took a dead octopus and <laughs> yeah, b- that's true. bind it to a dead bear. But dead I, bear, a dead pan, I think, because he had hooves. I don't know. Like, is it a bunch of animals or is it? Because I thought it was going to be a bunch of fae. Mm. I think so. it's going to be a mixture of both. No. And I think it's supposed to look like a Cthulhu, Cthulhu. to get oh. people excited. Because Cthulhu yeah. is he the hidden god that the. Or is he supposed to look like the hidden god that the the those one pucks are beating themselves for? In I the street? assume Maybe. that's what that's about. Okay, so then is the suspect that they're the ones who brought about this dark asher? I don't think so. No. no. Okay. So I think my suspect more... in my head is Philo's dad, who we don't know who it is. Who we don't even know who it is. I was like, maybe it's his dad. I don't know. I mean, that that would be a solid choice. Because that's all I can think of is like, well, why are these murders all somebody connected to Philo? Right. Philo's just learning about the connections. This is like, true. it has to be somebody that knows all those connections it's and then is killing these people. See, and to me, I think it's somebody who thinks they are Philo. Oh, oh that's a good one, too. That's pretty good. Oh. Somebody who has learned of the connections a while ago sees themselves in the place of Philo. Missing infant. Because that's I mean, Ugh. that's the thing is is nobody's speaking. So I mean you get the impression from the foundling school that abandoned children aren't necessarily uncommon. Yeah. And particularly half blood abandoned children aren't uncommon. So that's true. to have two males about the same age would be reasonable. So have we been introduced to any of his other, uh, you know, fellow orphans that were in the, 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 the school? No, not yet. None Episode yeah. six. And we haven't been introduced to anybody that could possibly also fit the bill. Yeah. Of the prophecy. <laughs> um, that's pretty good. Yeah. So we have that. We have, uh, well, the, the, the witch lady gets killed. In her premonition Cute. by the Dark Asher, mm-hmm. uh, she says she's lying. she says she knows who it is in her premonition. You think she's lying? I think she's lying. I think she's making up the premonition. Oh, really? Okay, why? I don't know why she would make it up, but I just she didn't protest enough mm. when the Chancellor's wife tells her, "No, no, you'll stay here." Mm. till the danger passes okay i can see that and for somebody who's just admitted that you know you can't outrun death and death is coming for me she took that far too (laughs) well i thought it maybe she was doing it because she likes her and went like i'm gonna die anyway like it doesn't matter where i'm at i think that's what i took it as was like yeah sure it doesn't matter where i'm at but I guess to me, if you actually like somebody, you don't put them in harm's way. Well, that's fair. True. That's yeah. fair. <laughs> or, or it's the Chancellor's wife who created the Dark Asher. Ooh. And she just knows that she's going to kill her anyways or get her killed. So she's just like, okay, whatever. I'll be wherever it is you need me to be. But who would have helped the wife make the Dark Asher if not this witch? She, uh, the wife, obviously knows her own sense, set of magic and herbalism and stuff like that. Well, we get told that she was raised at the knee of the witch. That's true too. Yeah. So I mean, she, she knew how to poison own. the guy. Oh yeah. She knew. She knew that she had to crawl naked through ash to find mm. out find a prophecy of her son. Yeah, of whether or not she should. Pretty sure marry. she knows how to manipulate with magic too. Yeah. Sometimes some of the scenes with her and her husband, I'm like, is she manipulating him or? So See, what if Jonah is also? Uh, the the other um, Philo, <laughs> like you were saying, half a yeah, yeah, but she's a, he's a half a and not actually the chancellor's son. Is that a possibility? It would explain why I he suppose, likes yeah. banging face so much. <laughs> there you go. Well, it's in his blood. Yeah. <laughs> uh, speaking of Jonah, wait, 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 wait! Before we go, because oh, okay. I, I was going to chime in on the whole uh, witch living with the uh, chancellor's wife and all that. What if? the premonition becomes true and they actually make it happen because the Dark Asher was actually going to come to kill someone there like the Chancellor or the wife 
and then she just happens to be there as collateral damage. I think that's the whole yeah the whole thing behind the premonitions is that what whatever you do after you have a premonition so is what make makes it, it so that you're in the place yeah. that you need to be. Yeah. yeah. So yeah, that's that's what I was thinking. Yeah, I okay. think I think that's true. Yeah, I think it's them trying to put all the frayed ends together too. Like, oh, now they know about the dark asher. <laughs> oh, now the spurn roses are connected somehow too. There you go. So that we've been talking, or at least I've been talking this whole time we've been talking about the show. <laughs> Why are the spurn roses even important in the show? <laughs> like, I get the social uh, class of yes. it all, but I story wise, I had no idea until this episode where you find out that the spurn roses' father, who has been dead, is a was the benefactor to Philo's mother. The fae that sang. Yeah, so he took care of her while she was pregnant. While she was pregnant. And uh, why would someone of high class like that, with money, do that for a fae who is obviously looked down upon? I mean, she's, I mean well, she might have been looked the, up the upon because she sang. She sang. It wasn't as hard yeah. to get, or to like be, I can't remember the actual line. The It was much, it was much more common for relation for friendships and relationships of that nature between the fae and bird men and women yeah. yeah at the time because you didn't have hordes of refugees i mean oh. you have just a few immigrants who are coming you know and are essentially of their own standing it's probably not nearly as contentious yeah she was a like professional singer. Right. So she was popular. Right. Too. Like she wasn't just any fae. Okay. That's fair. But she still had to keep it a secret. Well, yeah. Everybody still had to keep it a secret. Yeah. It's illegal still. I'm assuming it's illegal in some way or unethical or... So are we assuming that he is not a a sperm rose also? Or are you assuming that he is? Philo. That... I don't know. That would be interesting... But, but cliche. It would be cliche, and so in Jessica's words, don't want to give the writers too much credit <laughs> yeah. and say that he's not, because cliche does seem to be the thing they like to do. But yeah. that's so cliche. Yeah, John, it's unbelievably cliche. Unbelievably cliche. Uh, I so we had, we had before we started recording, we had a few theories about all this. Uh, I had thrown out there that maybe Imogen is. Uh, Philo's fraternal twin okay. and they kept her and got rid of Philo because he had wings because he had wings even though they said that he had what d- d- uh, smaller wings because he was half a yeah one probably would never fly probably would have never flown didn't someone else have something thrown out there idea John you had something hmm. oh the the red herring that He's not the son at all. He's no. not not the son of uh, the singer. Yeah, that's, well, I mean that's just my own theory, just based on the fact that it's so obvious now because they're spelling it out. That well, he just came some, out and said it this episode. Yeah. <laughs> well, I mean, like they've been hinting at that since like the last couple of episodes, right? And um, I was like, that just seems too obvious that that's the truth. There has to be something bigger here. Yeah. That the. She wasn't singing to your bed. She was singing to the kids next yeah, to you bed kind of like thing. That, yeah. It's, and that's why just, you think that's your mother. Because yeah. the only connection he thinks that's his mother is because he remembers the lullaby that was sung to him when he was growing up. That's so. true. Which the, the street performer guy confirmed. So I was like, oh yeah, she wrote this song for him and started singing the words. And he um, atonally also completed the <laughs> verse. <laughs> so yeah, I was like, oh, you've heard it. I was like, yeah. So, are, but then are you saying, is Philo's actually half fae? Like, are those scars from wings being clipped? I still don't think he is. I think that's the misdirect is that we're supposed to believe he is. And then obviously that comes to a head in this episode when he stupidly told his mistress and then she ratted him out after he believed that she wouldn't. She's not a she's mistress. She's not a mistress. <laughs> He's not his girlfriend. His, well, actually, she's like his landlady, I think. She is. She is. Yeah, she's his landlady, yeah. but they're actually actively dating oh, they are at dating. this moment because yeah, right. he took but her to dinner. It sounds like that as a widow, you're not supposed to date. So then he would be her mistress or oh, mister or whatever. He's, he's it's the male no, version of a mistress. I think it's just... Uh, is it more that she's sneaking into his room? Yeah. So if they were dating, it'd be fine. But if... 
it I was think, just dating. Mm, no. I think the problem is is that she is his landlady and dating him. Not that she's a widow dating. If she were dating somebody that was not staying at her house, mm. that would be acceptable. Yes. But I think it's the um, sex outside of marriage that's the problem. Had If the other tenant hadn't called her out on that earlier in the day, would she have had the same reaction to Philo telling her his secret? Yes, yes. I think she would. I don't think she would. I think it was compounded. I think it... I think he had an inclination not to tell her for a reason. I think his gut was telling her not to trust... I think his gut was telling him not to trust her. Okay. And he just ignored that. Blew it. I, I think I think I think you're right. I think yes, he his gut was telling her not to t- not to tell her. But I think it's more. I think if she hadn't already been called out and like she feels like she was doing something wrong, this compounded on top of that is what made it so that she was like, no, I can't do this. Also, this can't also be on top of the, of me being a widow, sleeping with my uh, tenant kind of thing. I think it definitely exacerbated the issues, but I think she would have still called the, the cops. Same. Well, she, well, she didn't call the cops. cops. Yeah. The cops came to her and then he said through fair. It's just like, like she came out right away. The guy said after a bit more persuasion, persuasion she yeah. eventually told him, which implies, okay, but see, that was also a thing too. Not great like, interrogation. I like, well, kinda, that also makes me think that he went there for a reason is that he knew something he knew like he already knows so that could be that he is another half fay or yeah maybe well, even the one that's trying to pin police? it on philo that one dude with the mutton chops the one that he beat up in the street in the first episode oh no i, I think that was because the the they're like commissioner or whatever sergeant was the one telling them like hey you guys got to keep an eye on him because he found out but that he actually knew more no than but that guy on. has always been against philo yes. from the beginning I, I think that's why he went is just because he's like i hate philo something must have happened for him to automatically move right yeah i want to dig up the dirt whatever that dirt is because i'll be able to use it later and yes. you're right the captain commissioner or whatever did say like keep an eye on him but i think there's a difference between i'm going to pressure his landlady until she comes up with uh, this bit of information like that it when you want to take down a rival, you'll do just about anything. Yeah, I don't know. I think I think he's going to be. He is very suspect. I mean, there was definitely some logic sub-leap in here to make the story happen. So. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, but uh, my favorite part of this episode was the uh, uh, date that Mister Agrius. Oh, okay. Took uh, Imogen to yes. the auction. So that was fun. Obviously, she is a person who has very set motivations. Her character is very much has her eye on money. <laughs> I don't know how else to put that. Um, but you could she, say she's a gold digger. I didn't want to say that. Um, but <laughs> she uh, was not interested in going to the auction with. Uh, Mr. Gravis until he she pulled the the maid pulls out the the dress and then she's I like mean, oh alrighty maybe Look I can at this do this red dress. no I think she would have gone uh, she anyway gone. yeah and I don't think the dress made her want to go she's like okay I. At least I will look good uh, yeah. in this okay. embarrassment. That, one, that was his sweeten the deal kind of thing. Like, yeah, I know this is going to embarrass you, but look at this sexy little red jacket. And you're like, yeah. <laughs> but then when they get there and he overbids and outbids her rival Ugh. or her rival's b- boyfriend, yeah. husband. I don't know what he's supposed to have been. Well, it has to have been at least boyfriend. I think it was boyfriend I because think, yeah. I think the implication was... Because they discuss the fact, he discusses the fact that he could smell the fact that they had, they had sex, sex in the yeah. carriage, yeah. and that was scandalous. Yeah. So, if you were husband and wife, that would be less scandalous. Fair, huh. uh, but that really, for lack of a better term, turns her on. Like she's like, "Oh, that's really cool!" Like she starts giggling. Yeah, and you're like, "Yeah, <laughs> there it is." Yeah. So well, she's starting to see like a different side of him now. Like the, more, the side that she likes, the I, well, the side that is like fuck all these other people. It's, it's, yeah. it's appealing to her for sure. Yeah, there's the a sort freedom. of rebelliousness to it. Yeah, 
the freedom of it. And I think Imogen has a lot of pride. I don't think she necessarily likes the social ladders, though. I think she knows how to play it. And she gets embarrassed if, like, you know, like being out with him is embarrassing to her. But I also think she doesn't like that she's embarrassed by it. Huh. And so to see him straight up counter it is probably what's. See, or maybe I, I'm giving her character too much credit. We'll see, but yeah. I really, I really kind of get that. Like, I don't think it's necessarily the money. I think it's pride, actually. I think well, she's yeah. a pretty strong-willed person, and just kind of hates that she has to be put in this social order thing and well, she, fight against it. I think she hates the fact that she doesn't have the control. Yeah, and that too. Yeah. So then, I mean, that brings up another thing: is that we're constantly talking about, oh, how she's coming around to him. Does he have any actual romantic interest in her at all? I Other think, than the fact that he needs her name? I think that was implied when they met in the park when he called her out on the scent and he's mm. like, you don't need it. Mm. Yeah. But part of me is scared because some part of me is like, what if he is just playing her? Like, I like, I really like this relationship. I don't know why. Probably because it reminds me of like Beauty and the Beastie-ish. Not very well, but that's like one of my favorite fairy tales. So I'm like, but <laughs> but I don't want to be betrayed <laughs> and like have him go, oh, I got what I want, bye, bitch. Like, Fair. He's got some pimp hooves. He does. Yeah. He, has, he has gold toenails, so to yeah. speak. Yeah. Hoof nails. <laughs> Toe painting. Hoof painting. I don't know. I, I mean, think he... Go ahead. Yeah, I was just going to say, color me surprised that this part of the story is what now I'm like really like holding on to. It's like, I want to see how this yeah. turns out. Uh-huh. I, I felt like I called this, I think I said this before, I'm like, this is my more exciting like, image. <laughs> like, I kind of like this the most. Elizabeth? I think it's an interesting, I, what I appreciate is the kind of um, mirror image, not quite mirror, the dichotomy between Imogen, Imogen's growing strength and the daughter of... Um, Longbridge. Long, longer banger. Longer burn, Long, longer, longer burn, burn uh, something. Longer Sophie, something. <laughs> Sophie, um, because they are both essentially coming into their own mm-hmm. under very different circumstances, and they're both at the top class and how they work those systems. Because you see the chancellor's wife and how she does it and how she's been doing it for years, yeah. but how the younger generation of females is starting to flip the script and get what they need done done. So, speaking of Sophie, Sophie and Jonah meet, so to speak, in mm-hmm. the in the the viewing yep. of her father. Yes, yep. and it was all father. just a power play. It was all last power play. Episode. She does not believe well, in the same thing that her like father she, does. Yeah. So she just used it so that she can get control of his side of the house or parliament or whatever the hell it's supposed to be. Mm-hmm. And she definitely implies figuring out how to take it all back. This is true. Yep. So, um. The two of them, are they going to become a power couple? Only if he kills his parents. Yeah, that's what I got from it. <laughs> I'm free for my parents. Like, oh, Philo, you're going to have to go kill something. Or not Philo, what if Jonah? Jonah, Jonah, yeah. Jonah you well, got to go kill your parents. He's probably already cautious of his mom, too, with the whole like footstep debacle. True. So he's probably got a you know, eye on her. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That and Sophie knows that her father did not kidnap him. Yeah. Sophie and knows that his yeah, mother did. Sophie knows that, yeah. yeah. That's the more important. She part. knows the truth. So I was almost half expecting her to like just spit on her father while he was in the casket <laughs> before she closed that door. She didn't quite do that. Came close. Yeah. But came pretty close. Uh, I love that her handmaiden was sitting there just laughing at it too. Like this is all ridiculous. You're <laughs> yep. you're doing a great job, kind of thing. That was that was pretty great. Wonderful performance, <laughs> yes. darling. Wonderful performance. Good job insulting my people. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, but yeah, um, that obviously their story is going to be, I think is going to be the, the capper to the end of the season. So yeah. that, that plays on to the next season. What else do you want to talk about with this episode? Who had, who had, uh, some more character development? Well, what's his name? Philo is being accused of the murders because of, again, he was withholding information that he knew more, and the police sergeant or captain and the other people are like, "Wait, so there is a connection here. 
like Philo knows them, sort of, mm-hmm. or yeah. there's some association with him. Yeah, because the the headmaster was his headmaster. Yeah. The did they know? They didn't know about the the Fay Lady being her his mother, but they didn't. They, they didn't even throw in that that part of the thing because they don't care about the Fay dying. No. Right. No. Um, something about the that he also. Oh, he spoken. was the last one to speak to yeah, the, the coroner. to the coroner. The yeah. So. And, um, was there someone else? Who was the one that was killed in the sewer when he first saw the at Dark Asher That's in person? The, that was his mom. That, that was, was mom. yeah, the Fay singer, his mom, the one that was killed in the sewer. No, no, like the one that Philo, when the first time Philo made con- like visual contact with it, the Dark Asher was that was the, the headmaster. The, the headmaster. Oh, okay. <laughs> that was the one. Okay, yeah, I was trying to say well, who was that one, but yeah, got it. I also thought it was uh, what's a uh, image or not Imogen, uh vignette's friend, the 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 pics that Tourmaline. Is, Tourmaline. Tourmaline, yeah. So her whole thing about drawing the the pictures of the men after they've left for the night or whatever, mm-hmm. and then her kissing vignette. I hate to be that cliche too, but is it possible that she's the one that created the Dark Asher because she she wants to get rid of Philo? Yep. But how would she know that much about Philo? The headmaster and the coroner meet at her brothel oh, yeah. to have sex. Her mother, his mother, was a fae who could have easily talked to her like the fae talked to each other. I mean, she did hate the fact that Philo kind of screwed over well, Vignette with the whole faking his death thing. Yeah. Except, quite honestly, she doesn't need to go that far. Like, huh. Philo, all she needed to do was let Vignette know that Philo was still alive. Yeah. Right. I, I, you're, you're not but wrong. It's but already she, worked without the Dark but, Asher. But the idea that Philo is still around means that he could ever, at any one point that she, I mean, the fact that uh, Vignette gets so upset means that there is still something there. At least that's how writers usually write it. So but it just seems like a long way around to that, punish Philo. It's just, yeah. Well, that and I guess to help Mitch, like they definitely dated before. You got that, that they dated before Vignette met Philo. Yeah. True. Ben Vignette did not give her the beads, but she gave Philo her right. beads. Uh-huh. So, well, and maybe, but... But the thing is, is then why not just use the Dark Asher to kill Philo? Like, because yeah. quite honestly, if you make him the victim, that's going to send Vignette running into his rescue. Because Vignette's a, a hero. That's, she's got the hero's complex. Um, so the last thing you want to do is make Philo somebody who needs saving. True. And yes. if he's been framed, which Vignette is going to eventually believe... You've now just hosed yourself. Like, just use the dark asher to kill him. Like, if that's if you just want to get rid of him, just use the dark asher to kill him and be done. Yes. Okay. I would go with that one. All right. I just think it's an interesting part of the story to throw in there yeah. for something for some reason. The, the it, whole her the, two, in, the relationship between the two of them. Although I do think that in her sketches of the men is our actual owner of the dark asher. Oh, okay. Yes. Okay. All right. Any other point that anybody wants to go over? Mm-hmm. Cool. Yeah. No. If you want to talk to me about more Colonel Vero or the Joker <laughs> or any story that we talked about today, you can find me on Twitter. I am at Mitchipedia GEM. GEM stands for Geek Elite Media. John, where can people find you online? I am at Magic Bollocks. On Twitter. That's right. Okay. Jessica? <laughs> I'm on Twitter at JM Bailey Writes. And Elizabeth? You can find me on attached to Geek Elite Media. There you go. So if you want to talk to Elizabeth or anybody else from Geek Elite Media, you can find us on Twitter at Geek Elite Media, at Geek Elite Media on Instagram and Facebook.com forward slash Geek Elite Media is our Facebook page. Check out archived episodes of this podcast and other podcasts on the Geek Elite Media network on our website, geekleetmedia.com. But until next time, this is the Geek's Watch on the Geek Elite Media Network saying always remember to geek, geek out. out. This concludes our broadcast. Beep.